Hello, welcome to One Answer Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Klein. Thank you for joining us today. We are finishing up a series called Jesus, the Key to the Life that is in You. This is part three and the final episode of this series. And it is meant to be an expanding study of 2 Peter, the third chapter. In this last episode, it may seem like Evangelist Ed Klein takes a few detours while going through the passage. But actually, these are interconnected scriptures that tie the message of Peter firmly to the full picture of God's word and his purpose for how we're called to walk in Christ. I believe I encouraged you all in the first episode of this series to listen to this with your Bibles open, treat it like a Bible study, and I wanted to encourage the same thing again. Of course, it's fine just to listen, but if you can, I would say take the time to read along. Get with a friend or a family member and read through this as Ed does. Consider what he's saying. Stop the message if you want to spend some time considering it or to discuss it or to discuss what you are hearing in these passages. As valuable as it is to listen to others teaching God's word, nothing replaces your own time personally spent with the Heavenly Father considering his truth in his word considering how Christ wants to apply that into your own life. Personal time with the Lord and in the Bible is a cornerstone that Ed touches on repeatedly, both in this study and many others. I love that he's always calling us to get this inside you, get this inside ourselves, and asking us if we believe what God is saying in his word. I also love that he's always directing us to apply God's word to ourselves first and foremost. He does it in this message uh, in a simple yet direct way by telling us his favorite prayer. I can tell you it's a prayer we should all prioritize. At least I know I should. I'll leave it at that and let you discover what that prayer is as you listen along. Thanks again for joining in. And I hope this message ministers to you. Okay, well, praise God. We have Second Peter, the third chapter now. So let's go to verse 1, and let's just take it one verse at a time. Beloved, I am now writing you this second letter, and in both of them I have stirred up your unsoiled, sincere mind in way of remembrance. You know, so often we kind of forget. We forget the promises of God. We forget that which we miss if we don't keep the promises, if we don't add our diligence to what he's saying. You know, there's more to this than just a free ride. I think so often we just want a free ride all the time. Well, yes, salvation's free. Yes, God's willing to keep us. Yes, he's the Lord of hosts, Tisba. Yes, he's willing to supply all our needs. But you know, we got to play a part in this. There has to be steadfastness and endurance on our part. You can't just say, well, I want what God has. Praise God, brother. And then go your own separate way. You know, there's more to it than that. And I think it's time that we remember that. Okay. That you should recall the predictions of the holy, consecrated, dedicated prophet. You know, that's an interesting one. My Lord, if somebody... How in the world can you not believe it's God? 
How in the world can anybody think it's not God? My Lord, look at all the prophetic utterances that have been given. And then turn right around and say to yourself, that's not God. For all those prophetic utterances to come true, for all those utterances to come into being, my Lord, who but God, who but God could have arranged it. And the commandment of the Lord and Savior given through your apostles, his special messenger. To begin with, you must know. You must know. Now, there's a lot of things in the Word of God that you got to know. He said, these things are going to happen. you got to know that. you got to believe that. you got to get that inside you. And understand this, that scoffers, mockers, will come in the last days with scoffing people who talk after their own fleshly desire and saying, what is the promises of his coming? Say, well, everybody's been talking about end time. Everybody's been saying, well, he said, don't worry about what they say. You pay attention to God. For since the forefathers fell asleep, all things have continued exactly as they did from the very beginning of creation. Hallelujah. You know, you hear that all the time, right? Nothing's ever going to change, Brother Klein. Well, that ain't what the Word of God said. It said it's going to change, so we can believe it will. For they willfully overlook and forget this act, that the heavens came into existence long ago by the Word of God, and an earth also which was formed out of water and by means of water through which the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. You know, we forget the flood pretty easy, don't we? Boy, I tell you, that's been so long ago, can't affect us no more. Well, praise God, something else will. And we need to get that straight. We need to begin to understand that. But by the same word, the present heavens and the earth have been stored up, reserved for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. He said there's going to come a time when nothing impure is going to be around. Boy, I want to tell you, nothing impure is going to be around. I want to tell you something. That, that, oh, hallelujah. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. You know, it's interesting. Some time ago, I, I heard a, a, a aerospace scientist speaking, and he said they proved that, that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. When a man goes into space and he travels at a certain speed, and I can't remember what that speed was. I thought he said light, but I may have been wrong. Then when he's been out there one day, it'll be like a thousand years upon the earth. In other words, one day out there will consummate that and they proved that scientifically that 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 he knew what he was talking about. I wish I had his tape because I I tell you that guy could just take the whole Bible and line it up scientifically in such a beautiful way. Okay, the Lord does not delay and be tardy or slow about what He promises, according to some people's conception of slowness. Now I want to, I want you to really pay attention to the rest of this verse. But He is long suffering extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I praise God for a God who's patient. I praise God for a God who's willing to be steadfast and endure and and give as many people an opportunity to come into the kingdom as possible. I praise God for a God who just doesn't decide to 
to wipe us all out for our iniquities all of a sudden. I want to tell you something. If it wouldn't be for that God, I don't believe that any of us would ever make it. So I just praise God for this God of patience. This God who's, who's willing to wait upon you and I and do, and, and, and be the God that he really, oh, hallelujah. What a wonderful God. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief and then the heavens will vanish, pass away with a thunderous crash and the material elephants of the universe will be dissolved with fire and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Well, praise God, I'm not going to try to explain that fire or anything. I, I just be honest with you. I don't, I don't know that much about it. I just believe that he's an all consuming fire. And that when he gets ready to do something, he's going to do it. Whether we agree with it or whether we like it or not, is really going to be immaterial. God is going to do what he wants to do. Okay, since all things are thus in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of you to be in the meanwhile in consecrated and holy behavior and devout and godly qualities? All praise God. You know, he said each one of us should have that holy behavior and that devout, those devout and godly qualities that he expects of us. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, in order for that to happen, we've got to spend some time with the master. In order for that to happen, we've got to make a decision that we are going to seek his face on a daily and on a regular basis. I, I don't know any other way. I don't know any other way, brothers and sisters, that you and I are going to be able to draw near unto God. I don't know of any other way that you and I are going to be able to be those sons and daughters except for us to pray, except for us to pray, except for us to to to, to seek his face on a daily basis by studying the word, by meditation and prayer, and really, really drawing close unto God. I don't know any other way, brothers and sisters. I hear people talking about all their problems and talking about this. Now I want to tell you something. What we need to do is talk about Jesus and get our eyes on Jesus and he's already overcome the problem. He's already solved the problem. I don't care what it is. Okay? Verse 12. While we wait earnestly and long for, expecting, expecting and hastening. Come, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We pray. We intercede that your day can be hastened. The coming of the day of God, by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. Oh, praise God. I want to tell you, that, that just, that just, that says a whole lot. You know, I just, that day is coming. He said, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's written in my word and whether anybody likes it or not, that is exactly what's going to happen. There's a scripture. It's in, uh, uh, Isaiah 34, 4, all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved and crumble away and the sky shall be rolled together as a scroll. And all their hosts, the stars and the planets, will drop like a faded leaf from the vine and as a withered fig falls from a tree, a fig tree. And you know, again, uh, brothers and sisters, if I, if I can't believe God, if I can't accept God at his word, then I don't know anybody that I can accept. You know, I don't, if I can't believe God, I don't know who I can believe. Okay? Praise God. Okay, now, I'll tell you, that is just something else. I'll read that one more time. While we wait and earnestly long for, expecting and hastening 
the day of the coming, through prayer, through supplication, through calling on the Lord for the changes to be made in the people of the earth. Well, I want to tell you, that says so much. For the day of God, by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved, and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. But we look for new heavens and a new earth, according to his promise, in which righteousness, uprightness, freedom from sin, and right standing with God is to abide. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Let's look at the scripture. Let's look at a cross scripture there. Isaiah 65, I believe it is. Isaiah 65, 17. Let's just take a look at that for a minute. I tell you, that, that excites me. That excites me. I want to tell you, uh, I know that, that it's going to be an awesome sight, an awesome time. Isaiah 65, 17. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. Verse 18, But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. That's exciting. That is exciting. I just I just believe uh, we're going to see uh, some precious times. I, I And I'm not... I'm not an end time preacher. I don't know that that's going to even happen in my time. But I think that, I think, really, I think that we are going to see some real precious times in our time yet. Uh, I want to look at Isaiah 66, 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain. All oh, praise God. You know, did you ever happen to think of, here's God, he's on your side. Here's God wanting to uh, wanting to work on your behalf on a continual basis as you continue to look at him and rely on him and trust in him and put all your confidence in him. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, what a what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God we have. What an opportunity that you and I have to be able to serve this God of the universe in the way that he wants to be served. And I just praise God that you'll take I, I just praise God that you'll take advantage of every moment that you've got, every moment that you've got while you're right here on earth. Because I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters, the rewards are eternal. The rewards are eternal. God wants to bless his people. God wants to work on behalf of his people. Praise God. All right. Praise the Lord. So let's get into verse 14 here. I, this, let's just think, let's just really cover this. So beloved, since you are expecting these things. Now, I, I just, I just wanna, I cannot help but say this, and I cannot help but bring this up. So beloved, since you are expecting these things, well, I'll ask you a question. Are you expecting those things? Are you open to those things? Are you expecting those things to take place? Because that's what he's saying. He says, you're expecting these things. Well, are we kidding ourselves? Are we expecting those things? Are we open? You know, do we know enough about the Word of God to be expecting those things? Again, I just can't help but say this. I think one of the biggest problems we got is right back there again in Isaiah. He said, therefore, my people go into captivity to their enemies without even knowing it because they have no knowledge of God. And we just have not spent time 
studying this Word of God. We act like it's dull. We act like God hadn't got nothing to say to us. Well, I want to tell you, God's got a whole lot to say to us. Expecting these things. Be eager. Be eager. Now, that doesn't sound like me. Well, hope, hope and try just a little bit. No, be eager to be found by him at his coming without spot or blemish and at peace. Now, be eager to be found by him at his coming without spot or blemish. He said, be about the things of God. Be about the things God has told you to be about. Spot or blemish and at peace in sincere confidence, free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflict. Now, if you remember, we, we saw that back there in the, in the first chapter. He talked about being free from agitating conflicts and, uh, or agitating things and, and moral conflicts. You remember? We saw that. And it's because, you know, he shows it and he shows it and he shows it and he shows it and he shows it. And he said, hey, here is how that's going to take place in your life. Here's how that's going to take place in your life. And as we learn that, as we go over this and we run it back and forth, and he says over there in, in, in uh, the first chapter, second verse, may God's peace, may grace, God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and watch, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. He said, listen, when you have a full knowledge of God, when you, you know, there's a, there's a scripture back in the book of Corinthians, you know, when you have that full knowledge of God, he says what? It's in, uh, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, uh, uh, verse 14 and 15. He said, the non-spiritual man, he doesn't understand these things. He didn't welcome into his heart. Just read it. 1 Corinthians, second chapter, verse 14, 15. Actually, read 14, 15, and 16. I want to tell you, it'll really enlighten you. And we, we need to get that. We need to get that down inside of us. In fact, I think we'll just, I think we'll just read it right now. It, it's just so important that people get this inside them. It's so important. But as a natural, non-spiritual man, now this is 1 Corinthians 2 14, but as the nat, but the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly meaningless nonsense to him, and he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them, because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. He said, hey, listen, the man who's not interested in the things of God, the word of God, the way of God, these things are nonsense to him. But the spiritual man tries all things. That is, he examines, he investigates into, he inquires into, questions and discerns all things yet is himself, to be put on trial and to be judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get insight into him. For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels, and the purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ the Messiah and do hold the thoughts, teachings, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. See, if we've been in that word, if we've been studying God, if we've been doing what doing what we're supposed to be doing, then, he said, we have the mind 
the heart and the intentions of God, and then the whole thing is going to work the way it's supposed to work. And that's the thing we got to remember. And and unless we do that, unless we're willing to get in there and study, then we're not going to be any different or any better off than anybody else. You know, I hear this all the time. Well, praise God, Brother Klein, I'm saved. Well, that's wonderful. I'm saved too. But, but, you know, what are you expecting the Lord to do? Be honest. What are you expecting the Lord to do? Okay, praise God. I, I just think it's so important that we get this whole thing down inside us where we're supposed to get it, okay? Verse 15, And consider that the long suffering of our Lord, His slowness in avenging wrongs and judging the world, is salvation. Is salvation. That which can, which conduces to the soul's safety even as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the spiritual insight giving given to him. I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. Peter is saying here, listen, our brother Paul has got this thing put together and he's writing to you about it and some of you are still bickering and fighting and arguing about whether it's true or not. Well, join the crowd. Huh? Join the crowd. Because isn't, isn't the same thing happened today? Isn't the same thing happened today in many, many areas? Yeah, you better believe it is because the same people, the same type of people are saying all over again, well, you know, Brother Klein, you, you, know, you just can't believe this whole thing, you know. Can't, you can't, oh boy, I want to tell you something. If I can't believe God, who in the world can I believe? If I can't believe the God of the universe, then I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. I sure as the world ain't going to believe the, the, uh, the people of the universe. I'm sure not going to turn away from God and turn to a whole bunch of uh, hot-aired people. I'll clue you right now. I, I just, I wonder sometimes. I sometimes wonder. My goodness sakes, we're so willing to listen to other people, and we're so willing to, to read about this person and that person. Wonder if we're willing to believe the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Anointed One. And I think that's where we better come from. Speaking of this, as he does in all his letters, there are some things in those epistles of Paul that are difficult to understand. Which the ignorant, hallelujah, I love it. Which the ignorant and unstable twist and misconstrue to their own utter destruction, just as they distort and misinterpret the rest of scriptures. Now I want to tell you something, brothers. There's a whole lot of people out there who are just wanting you to believe their way, their doctrine, their idea, but my goodness sakes, whatever you do, don't believe the truth of the Word of God. And I just think that's so sad. That is so sad. It is pathetic. Uh, you know, we got a bunch of uh, little people running around wanting to agree with people who are even littler than they, but they don't even realize that they're pretending like they're bigger. And you know, I, I'm just going to say this. We've got so much secular humanism. We've got so much garbage going. It's pathetic. And we're not willing to face that. Now, I'm not condemning the church and not fault-finding. I'm just saying, hey, this is the way it is. This is the truth. And we need to stop and ask ourselves, what are we thinking about? Who are we following? You know, ask yourself that question. Who are we following? Who are we willing to follow? We have got to come to that point where we just say, hey, praise God, I need to know who I'm following. I need to know who I'm talking to. Okay, let's go on. Let me warn you, therefore, beloved, that knowing these things beforehand, he said, now, uh, you already know this. I've told you ahead of time. You know, you know, it's interesting in John, the 16th chapter, the 13th verse, 
He said, I'm going to reveal all things to you, even the things that lie in the future. And here he's saying, hey, I've, I've already showed you these things now, so you're going to be without excuse. I've showed you what's going to happen. I showed you why it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. And I said, you're going to be without excuse. He said, you either take this to heart and learn from it and understand what I'm saying, or you're just going to miss the whole thing. Okay? Let me warn you, therefore, beloved, that knowing these things beforehand, you should be on your guard, lest you be carried away by the air and the lawless and wicked persons and fall from your own present firm condition, your own steadfastness of mind. Verse 18, the last verse. But grow in grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition and knowledge of understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah. To him be glory, honor, majesty, and splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen and amen and amen. And so be it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, here we go, brothers and sisters. We got that. Second Peter, we say to ourselves, Lord, show us those things that are, that are going to be important in our lives. You know, I'd like for you to just turn with me for just a minute, you know, bringing back some confirmation to the beginning of Second Peter there, where he said they have been bestowed upon us. And I want to, there's a couple of scriptures I'd like to just, for you to just take a look at with me right now in conjunction with some of that. Second Corinthians, the third chapter, Verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. Now get that inside you. There is liberty, emancipation from bondage, and freedom. And then there, there's a scripture. I, I want to go on with that for just a minute, but I want to give you another scripture. And it's back here in the book of Isaiah. And it's something so interesting. It's in Isaiah, the 26th chapter, verse 3 and 4. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and his character, is stayed on you, because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. So trust in the Lord. Commit yourself to him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of all ages. I tell you, praise God, we need to get that inside us. We need to understand that. We need to be willing to work and, and seek the face of the Lord and do what needs to be done. Okay, now I want to go on with verse Second Corinthians uh, 3 here, verse 18. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, we continue to behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Oh, Lordy! Oh, Lordy! How we need to get that down inside us. And then if you go to Second Corinthians 4, verse 7, and, and uh, well, 6 and 7, oh, I want to tell you something. Uh, it, it just, it just, it just blow you away, okay? For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts, so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge and majesty and glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ the Messiah. Now watch verse 7. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel, in frail human vessels of earth, 
that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be of God and not of ourselves. Hallelujah. I don't know how you can sit still. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, that is God. That is God. Hallelujah. That it might be shown, the greatness of the power may be shown to be of God and not of ourselves. I want to tell you something. Uh, God will manifest his glory, will manifest his way if we will just let him. Now, there's, there's a couple more scriptures here I want to give you before I close up. And one of them is in Colossians, the second chapter, the second verse. I'm talking about gaining the knowledge of this wonderful, wonderful God and so that he can minister to you. For my concern is that their hearts may be braced, comforted, cheered. Colossians 2, verse 2, cheered and encouraged as they are knit together in love, that they may come to have all the abounding wealth and blessing of assured conviction of understanding, and that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with, and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly that mystic secret of God, which is Christ the Anointed One. Oh, my Lord, listen to what he said there, will you? Listen to what he says there. Hallelujah that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with, and that they may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly. Oh, glory to God, should each one of us strive for that. Oh, my Lord, how we should have entered into the rest of the King of Kings and sat at his feet and only learned him. Hallelujah! Oh, glory to God. But no, we still want to learn the things of the world. Now, in verse 3, In him all the treasure of divine wisdom, of comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Oh, man, I want to tell you, how could we miss it? How could we miss it? Here he is with everything for us. Everything for us. Look at verse uh, 6 there. As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk. Regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union and conformity with him. Hallelujah. Hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to believe. Now look at verse 9 and 10. For in him the whole fullness of deity the Godhead continues to dwell in bodily form giving complete expression of the divine nature. Oh, glory to God. Colossians 2 verse 9. Oh, I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters, if we'll just grab a hold of this. Verse 10. And you are in him made full, and have come to the fullness of life. In Christ you too are filled with the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual, spiritual stature, and he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. So, praise God, he's the head, he's the, he's the ruler, he has bestowed upon you, he is willing to care for you, he is willing to lead you and guide you and direct you, all he's asking you to do is what? Go along for the ride. So I just want you to come to these, this uh, second Peter and I want you to begin to understand this first, second, and third chapter. Say, Lord, talk to me through these scriptures. Lord, change and transform me. Bring me. Oh, not your wife, not your kids, not your neighbors, not your friends, not your relatives, not all the other people that go on church. Lord, change me. Transform me. You know, so often we, we're wanting to transform somebody else. We're wanting to change somebody else. 
Boy, my favorite prayer is change me, Lord. Change me, Ed Klein. Bring me into the fullness of who you are so that all the sick that I pray for will be healed. So all those that I lay hands on will immediately experience the person and the presence of Jesus Christ. And for it all, Father, I'll give you the glory. I'll give you the honor. I'll give you the praise forever and ever and ever and ever. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen and amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast message from Ed Klein Evangelistic and One Answer Ministries. We appreciate you and hope this has been a blessing to you. This podcast ministry is 100% donation-based and is only possible because of donations from friends of this ministry. We never ask anyone to give what they do not have, only that if you are able, you would pray and ask if this is a ministry that the Lord is calling you to support. If so, you may donate online through our website at oneanswer.org. That's all one word spelled out, O-N-E-A-N-S-W-E-R dot O-R-G. You can also send a check made out to Ed Klein Evangelistic Association or just put E-K-E-A to P.O. Box 2316 Beaverton, Oregon 97075. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you will continue to stay tuned for more. God bless you. And remember, while there's all kinds of struggles and challenges in this life leading to all kinds of questions, there really is one answer. His name is Jesus.